Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and this is episode 99. I cannot believe it. This is crazy. Um, And it's actually awesome because I'm super excited for my guest today. Um, I have Nicole on, and Nicole and I were together on another episode. So this is, I think you're my first, second guest, like this, having you on again. Um, You were on seven episode 75. I just looked it up. Um, and we talked about heart disease prevention. So it's kind of cool. I think this is super fun that you're back on. Welcome, Nicole. Uh, tell everybody who you are, what you do, all that fun stuff. Thanks, Sophia. What an honor to be on again. Thank you. That's exciting. And I like odd numbers. So that's great too. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if that means anything, but you know, um, so thanks for having me again. I had a lot of fun with you last time and I was really excited when you asked to talk again today about one of my favorite topics, fiber. And um, my name is Nicole D'Andrea Russert. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist living in Atlanta. I'm originally from the Northeast area, just outside of Philadelphia. And um, just a quick overview, first half of my career started out in it, it started out in clinical. I specialized in heart disease and women's health and sports nutrition. And then the second half, the past 15 years or so, um, I have been, I had a chocolate company for 10 years. And then I went from the chocolate company into um, plant-based nutrition. I went plant, fully plant-based because of the chocolate company. And um, so now my focus is solely on plant-based nutrition. Um, I help people meet their nutritional requirements through plant-based eating. I specialize in women's health and um, nutrition and movement and yoga for mood and mental health. It's something that I've, um, anxiety is something that I've personally experienced and plant-based eating has been the foundation for my own um, groundedness. And um, yeah, and I launched a book last year called The Fiber Effect and I have an upcoming book coming out um, hopefully this summer, that's what we're planning. Um, the vegan athlete, that is not the full title. They just changed it on me. I can't remember the full title. I have to look it up, but it is, it is about the vegan athlete and providing plant-based solutions for optimal performance. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I didn't know about the second book. Um, how that's awesome. So exciting. And I just, I love Nicole's story because it's so cool to go from like, you're focusing on this to chocolate because I am yum <laughs> chocolate. And then to plant-based nutrition. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like our stories are similar. I mean, I've got anxiety as well. And it's just such a difference when you fill your body with plants. And I mean, it's like night and day. And I, I, I think my audience all knows, like I'm not an all or nothing girl when it comes to my diet, mostly because of my anxiety and having that um, in the back of my head that I can't do this, or I can't eat that, or I can't, that's, it kind of triggers a lot for me. So we're, you know, more relaxed at home. I'm always creating with plants because of my business. Um, but when I, you know, when we go on vacation and we let go or whatever, it's, it's amazing how much better I feel when I come back and I'm eating my plants again. Like it's, it's just, it's feels so freeing and good. And from the inside out, it's amazing. 
I agree. I, 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 it's like a renewal. You just feel re-inspired and just so grounded and just that whole process. And the, I agree with you completely on letting restrictions go and just being free to make whatever decisions you're feeling. And I think that, um, yeah, just kind of having a healthy foundation kind of helps you to like intuitively move into what you're feeling. Like I know, yes, um, I might have like, you know, some dessert this weekend because we're having a nice dinner tonight. I'm like, I've already decided I'm going to have dessert, but you know, that's okay. And, you know, just kind of allowing yourself the freedom to choose knowing that like you do have a healthy foundation most of the time. It's all okay. Totally. And don't you find too, that like when you have, when you've built that strong, healthy foundation that your body naturally tells you and craves the plants and craves the healthier choices when it needs it. So like for me, I know that when I, like, I actually crave the veggies and stuff when I've had like a week of vacation and drinking and French fries and whatever, I come back and I just crave like the other, uh, we were on vacation um, a couple weeks ago and I came back and it was the weirdest craving. I crave raw zucchini noodles and pesto. And I actually ended up, I actually ended up making a recipe for it and shooting it for my website, but I like couldn't get enough. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, why am I craving this? But Hey, I'm craving it. So that's what I ate. And I was super fulfilled because my pesto, you know, I made with like healthy fats and whatever. So I felt, I didn't feel like I needed more, but it was so weird that I was, it was the weirdest craving. I was like, huh, well, let's do it. That is so funny. And maybe your body was craving like some beta carotene or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I get the same way. We actually did the same thing. I had a similar experience, but not, not the zucchini and pesto, but a similar craving. Um, and there's always actually one food that I crave. If we're, if we've been traveling for a couple of days and it's been a while since we've had like a good healthy meal, um, or, you know, maybe sometimes when you travel, you're, it's, you know, it's harder to get green sometimes. And I always, after like two days, I'm like, I just need a bowl of arugula. Like, I don't care if I have to eat it. With oh, my how hands. funny. Like, I need to find a store and get like a big thing of arugula and just, just eat it like a snack. <laughs> That's all I want. And if I can get a salad, we were actually in, um, we had the opportunity to go to Palm Springs recently. It was so beautiful. And every <gasps> restaurant had like these ginormous arugula salads. I was like, this is the yes. only place we are ever going on vacation again because we get where, <laughs> where did you go in Palm Springs? We, um, you know, it just like talking about cravings. I was like, I just want to, like, I was, I was craving the desert. I'm like, I need healing vibes. The desert. I was working a lot and I just needed to decompress. And, um, we stayed just like in the main little town and stayed at these like little kind of villas where we actually had a kitchen as well, which is nice because we didn't, I, we wanted to explore the restaurants, but we, I also, um, if we're traveling for like an extended period, I try to get at least like a refrigerator or a kitchen so that we can at least balance eating out with eating, like making our own meals or like, you know, at least having a healthy breakfast in the room and then, you know, eating out maybe some of the other times, but, um, yeah, it was just a dream experience. We can't wait to go back. It was, I know it's close to you. So yes, I was going to say, oh my gosh, (laughs) the desert is our happy place. We go, we're actually going for Mother's Day weekend. We're going, I'm going again with girlfriends at the end of May and we're going again with neighbors at the beginning of June. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like the desert is my happy place. Like we go to La Quinta resort, which is Next time you go, you got to stay in La Quinta. La Quinta Resort is just talk about grounding, talk about 
um, energy. Talk about relaxation. Like we literally instantly relax as we drive in. It's our happy place. Mm. And so many great restaurants, both in Palm Springs City and in Palm Desert, like just it's amazing. I cannot wait to go in a few weeks. I'm so excited. That's amazing. It sounds incredible. And I'll definitely next time before we're definitely going to go again. And the next time we go before we go, I will reach out to you for yes. recommendations. And La Quinta sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It's dreamy. Something about the desert, like you said, as soon as you yes. enter it, there's just like, it just feels so healing and you feel Agreed. relaxed and unwind. And yeah, it's just, you know, really totally agree. Energy. I love it. Um, so speaking of fiber, another thing I feel like um, we need to talk about is the fact that when you're not eating your regular stuff, um, you don't poop the same. And that is where kind of like we can, you know, move into talking about fiber because I think so much of our country is missing the bow. I think we're so obsessed with protein and we don't, we're missing so much of what we really need, which is the fiber. You know, I know that what, um, I agree with you completely, Sophia. And one of the things of kind of a funny story, but, uh, what launched me into like, I've always kind of been focused on fiber just because of like regularity for myself, but, yeah. um, and as a dietitian, it's like not the, it's not definitely not at the forefront of anyone's mind, but when I had my chocolate company, um, this is really kind of what like spearheaded my book, the fiber effect. Um, I would do chocolate demos in the stores. We were in like some of the stores in the Southeast, like Whole Foods and Kroger. And I, we had to do lots of chocolate, chocolate demos. Cause you know, there's a lot of chocolate on the shelf. So we would do tastings and I would always, um, we had these chocolate snacks. They were made with 75% dark chocolate and, um, nuts. So I use like more nuts than I did chocolate. So they ended up being very, um, high in fiber for a snack. There was six grams of fiber and six grams of protein for a snack. And it was dark chocolate. And like we had a dark chocolate, coconut and almond mix. We had a dark chocolate, and pea, um, uh, sweet and salty pecan. They were delicious, but I always emphasize to folks like they're healthy chocolate snacks, but look at this fiber. Like I was so emphatically like excited you know, going to people, I'm like, you have to taste it. It's really high in fiber. And they would pick up the bag and go straight to the, how much sugar, how much protein, how many calories, like just because, they, and, and if it was over their calorie limit, they, they would say, I can't, I can't eat this. And uh, you know, I would ask them like, why are you, it's, a, it's just dark chocolate, which is good for you and whole almonds and coconut, like unsweetened. It's not that it's low in sugar. Um, so it was just interesting to me that like they completely would bypass the, I was so excited to share the fiber content and nobody cared. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were all fixated on the, yes, the protein, but also just like restrict that restricted, that restrictive mindset. You know, I can't have sugar. I can't have that many calories. And I was trying to like use it as an opportunity to, and I think that's, you know, common, um, is to, to focus on what you can't have. And I was thinking, I was trying to emphasize like, but you're adding like healthy fibers, but this snack is going to keep you sustained and energized. It's going to help to keep your blood sugar stable and, um, trying to focus on like the abundance part of it. But it's, I, I you know, I don't know if that really directed you to, was directed to your question about just, you know, protein, but just the kind of fixation on certain things versus like fiber is 
where I agree with you. I think that like, if we start looking more at fiber and adding abundance to our plates and incorporating more fiber, we will see a lot of the goals that we're looking for, whether it's weight loss, blood sugar control, uh, brain health, you know, because you get so many other things with fiber. Totally. A hundred percent. And that's the thing is like, that's why it cracks me up when like someone's constipated and the doctor's like, oh, here's your um, powder, your fiber powder. I'm like, okay, yeah, I I know that sometimes that could be helpful, but like, what about, what are you eating? Like what, how can we add it to your diet? Like what in the heck? Like your fiber powder. Okay. Well, do you have any foods have fiber? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just did a talk um, last week on whole foods and fiber and I focused on like the phytonutrients in plants, all the, all the healing plant nutrients, as well as the fiber and how to like easily add plants to your plate. And at the end of the talk, um, someone asked, what about Metamucil? Or what about like the biscuit, like the, there's these fiber biscuits. I can't remember what they're called, but, um, but they're just like a high fiber, almost like a cookie, but high fiber. And, um, I, you know, was like, let's, I, I was like, wait, let's do the conversation back to whole foods. So like foods first approach, because there may be like medical conditions where maybe a supplement is necessary, but like when you just choose the supplement and when, when healthcare providers just, you know, say, take metamucil or any other fiber supplement, you're missing so many other components. I mean, yes, fiber is important, but you're getting hundreds of phytonutrients, say like in an apple, you're getting fiber, but you're also getting tons of phytonutrients that are going to accompany that fiber. And they may all work synergistically to produce optimal health, but just that fiber supplement alone may not, it may help you poop, but it might not give you all those other healing benefits. Um, throughout your body and like decrease, you know, including like decreased inflammation, lower risk of heart disease, which we talked about last time. And there's so many benefits to eating the whole food versus just like one single ingredient. Totally, totally. I mean, and it's just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just, it cracks me up where it's like, we forget about what naturally has things. Um, Let's go back for just a second for people that are listening that, you know, may not really know, like, what is fiber? Like, what is it? I mean, it's a carbohydrate, but what is it? Yeah, it's, um, so it's carbohydrate that is not digested by our bodies. So we do not have enzymes to break down the fibrous component of components of plants. So um, it's undigested, it moves through us in its whole form. I mean, you chew it, so it breaks down through chewing and it may break down a little bit through peristalsis, but, and we don't have the enzymes to break it down. So it moves through whole. And generally speaking, there are two types of fiber. It gets a little bit more detailed from these two components, but there's soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. A soluble fiber is the type that um, absorbs, it becomes like a gel-like consistency. When we eat it, it absorbs water and becomes a gel-like consistency. And this is the type of fiber that we know can help to lower cholesterol and control blood sugar. It's also the type of fiber that helps to feed healthy bacteria in the gut. Um, and then there's insoluble fiber. Um, you think of more like roughage that moves through whole and it helps to clear toxins out of our body, any kind of carcinogens and um, pulls water into the large intestine and colon. So it helps you poop. Um, 
so yeah, a combination of these fibers and, and it gets a little bit more granular than just those two. Um, but just, you know, we can go into deep into it, but, but for today's purposes, just those two fibers are abundant in a wide variety of plant-based foods. You cannot get fiber in animal products. You can only get them in plant-based foods. So the way that you can boost fiber is by just adding more plants to your plate. I love that. And that is, you know, a fact, like animal products don't give you fiber. So when you're not eating any plants, you're not getting the fiber that you need. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. and, and why do we need fiber? I mean, I know it's important for so many systems in our body, but like, why do we need it? Like what does, um, what systems, you know, need it and what does it do for them? Yeah. And the obvious is what we we're discussing. So pooping and keeping us regular. So of course it's important for that. And constipation is such a common, um, I don't think it's talked about a lot because it's, you know, it's kind of embarrassing for people to talk about, you know, I'm not pooping every day or what does it look, what is your poop supposed to look like? Like these are conversations I feel like we have as dietitians because that can tell us a lot about somebody's nutrition, but in like everyday conversation, that's not like the conversation you're having at your neighbor's um, picnic party or anything. Totally. Right? So, um, but yeah, I think um, uh, the obvious is constipation. So getting enough fiber is important to help keep things moving. And I mean, that just like makes you feel good. You feel lighter, you feel free, but also physiologically it helps to, as I just mentioned, pull out um, toxins and carcinogens from our system. So it's important from a health perspective too. It moves things through that, that aren't serving our bodies. Um, and also, you know, starting with uh, moving deeper into digestion, gut health, of course, is like, you know, the biggest buzzword right now, but there's so much research coming out um, around gut health and the importance of fiber. It, fiber is the foundation for gut health and gut health leads to so many other things. So um, we know, and we've known for a long time that soluble fiber helps to lower cholesterol and it may help directly lower cholesterol by um, decreasing the absorption of cholesterol and pulling in some of it out of our system. But also from a gut health perspective, fiber can keep inflammation down. So it helps to feed um, bacteria in our gut and diversify, diversify the bacteria in our gut. And this can help to reduce inflammation, both short-term and long-term. And what they're finding, what scientists are finding, um, we're just seeing research emerge daily around um, gut health is that this inflammation can help to keep those lifestyle diseases, help prevent some of those lifestyle diseases. So things like heart disease and diabetes, um, it can help to manage weight, gut health, have, improving gut health can help to manage weight. Um, so there's so many things, also certain types of dementia and cancers like hormonal cancers, breast cancer and um, prostate cancer. So there are a lot of things that fiber may directly help with, but then also like indirectly through gut health by reducing inflammation. I love that. I love how it's like, not just, it's like not just direct, but indirect. And I think we forget about those things, you know, like, I think we think, oh, just pooping. But, you know, when you're backed up, you know, you're not, you're not eliminating those toxins out of your body, those things that your body wants to eliminate. That's why it's pooping it out. Um, but 
so it's it and so indirectly it's affect it's affecting so many other things you know it's it's not just that one thing it's like a domino effect it is and there's so many silent things i think that are like happening in our bodies that it's just you know you may feel foggy you may feel not right your mood may be off and it could be attributed to that it's not to say that it definitely is but there's there's again back to the research those research that's emerging on gut health and mood and leading to, you know, to depression and just, you know, brain and mind and like, it's all connected. So it is important. And having fiber be the foundation um, is, is really important. And I would even say like, there are a lot of times I'll get the question um, sometimes with my clients that'll come initially, you know, during our first session, they'll say, I'll ask what supplements you're taking. And probiotics definitely tops the list when it comes to supplements that people are consuming. And I think for good reason, because again, back to the gut health, like we know that gut, gut health is important and probiotics are um, getting healthy bacteria or a diverse amount of bacteria into our gut is also important. But without the fiber, the probiotics aren't going to do much because they need the fiber to feed off them to thrive. So I always, that, oh, to, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, and everyone's gut, like everyone's gut microbiome is different. So the probiotics, the bacteria that you need may be different than the bacteria that I need may be different yes. than, you know, your neighbor's bacteria. So it's, it's so different and it's important to feed your system what it needs to cultivate its own population, like healthy population of bacteria. And again, it starts with fiber. So the most important thing, you know, and this is not to say that, that you need to start here, but um, cause I think taking baby steps when making any changes in your diet is important for to make look, to create long-term habits, but ultimately the goal, like the, the, ultimate goal will be to eat a wide variety of plant-based foods. And I'm not saying like you have to be hundred percent plant-based or, you know, any, it's like wherever your diet is now, whatever you're eating right now, start there and start incorporating maybe one or two plants a week and see how you feel with them. And then just start filling your plate because ultimately no matter what you're eating right now, like you want to kind of strive for different types of plant-based foods to give you, because there's different types of fiber and that's what's yeah. going to help to create that diversity in your gut as well and create long-term health. It does take time because your body, um, adding in introducing new fibers to, um, your diet can sometimes cause gastrointestinal discomfort. It may cause bloating. Mm -hmm. um, it takes your body some time to get used to it. So be patient, drink plenty of water and just know that variety, like variety, this is spice of life definitely applies here. Just getting a rainbow of colors, you know, all of those terms that really applies to gut health as well. And I mean, in general, there's nobody that is going to say like every, everybody needs to have plants into their diet. Like I'm, I'm going to just put that blanket statement out there. Like you do. Yeah. I, I mean, period. There's no doctor that's going to say plants are bad for you. Now, if you want it to be hundred percent of your diet or 90% of your diet or 70% of your diet, I mean, the more, the better. Um, but that's up to you. But if you don't have plants as part of your diet, 
you are doing your body a disservice a hundred percent, like, you know, with the fiber and all the other nutrients that plants, you just, you need it. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. That just like you can't survive on animal products. Like, um, yeah, I mean, and so as far as like, um, and I love that just, I just love the whole domino effect. And, um, speaking about gut health, I, I had a few people on, um, I've had a few people on talking about gut health, but the research coming out about gut health is just, it's so interesting to me. Um, and I truly think that the future is going to really be focused on overall health on the gut, because, I've seen a dramatic difference in myself, like, especially with, like you said, mood, the mood connection, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a friend whose daughter, it turned out when she was seven or eight, they tested her. She's celiac. Well, she had debilitating anxiety her entire life. And as soon as they figured out she was celiac and they changed everything, it, it, it she still has the anxiety, but the anxiety now is over. I can't be exposed to anything with gluten because I will feel like crap again. And I don't ever want to feel that way again. So mm. she still has that anxiety, which is so warranted based on the trauma that she'd had for how terrible she was feeling. Um, but it's amazing that the other anxieties like disappeared. And I noticed that too, you know, I have anxiety. I've always had it, but when I removed gluten and it's something I didn't know, bothered me that much. But when I remove gluten from my body, my gut health dramatically increased. Like I no longer looked like I was pregnant all the time. I, um, my gas went down, my allergy, my seasonal allergies disappear. Talk about inflammation being Mm. an issue. I didn't have, I had seasonal allergies my entire adult life. Six months after I took out gluten, I, and I'd always been on meds. I haven't been on medication since. And in the past, I couldn't go without my meds for like a day. I'd be a wreck. Wow. And so it's amazing. And then I've noticed too, my anxiety is so much better. Like it's insane. Like when my gut health was really worked on and really focused on how, what a domino effect it had for all those other things. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. Wow. It's, it's so interesting to hear your story and how much improvement. And I think like a lot of times, and I, I, I can sh- share similar to what you're feeling, not with the gluten, but just in general with, um, with dairy. And when I, when I was consuming dairy, uh, because I stopped in like 2013, I was always bloated all the time. And, you know, like you just kind of, I feel like at least for me, I was walking around thinking like I could manage it and I'm okay. And then, yes. but when I actually took it out, I was like, oh my God, this is what I can, this is what I'm supposed to feel like. Like it's supposed to, it feels so much better and you just function better. I had more energy. I slept better and it's same as you, like less anxiety and the mood and anxiety are definitely like the, the two things that I think I've noticed the most. And um, cause when you're uncomfortable, your body is not like physically well, you get, you, you can adapt to that feeling, but like, you're not really like living your best life. You're not feeling your best. And you just kind of adapt to that as your like status quo until you feel what it's like to like really thrive and just have, and I'm not saying like every day is like, Oh, bad, like bad, definitely days still where they wake up kind of cranky. And um, you know, that, that happens, but I think if you could just like, tackle the day better when you feel when your body physically feels yes. better you can tackle oh, those, yeah. those challenging days much better 
Totally. And that's the thing people, for people listening, like you kind of get used to your norm. So sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So like, I didn't, I mean, I knew I had some like bloating. I, I knew I didn't feel great all the time. And I knew there was issues, but my allergies were just kind of part of my life. Oh, I've got allergies, whatever. But once you make a change with adding more plants or taking away something that's bothering you and you realize <laughs> how much better you can feel, you're like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Kind of just like getting a taste of it. And that's really too, like what creates the habit when you think about, um, because, you know, like I know for me, when I was letting cheese go, it was hard. I would, but dairy was a big component in my diet and I, it wasn't making me feel well. And I just lived with it. Cause I it liked the taste of cheese and I liked my ice cream on the weekend. So it was, just a part of my life. And I, and I adapted to it, but when I gave it up and felt how good it feels without it, that became the motivation and like what triggered me to keep going with that. I was like, I don't want to feel that way. anymore. like your, you know, your friend's daughter with the gluten intolerance, like she, that trigger of like, I don't ever want to feel that way again. So I'm not, I'm going to like really be sure not to get, you know, to avoid gluten at all costs or like you, you know, you just, you, you really kind of, it's that positive reinforcement, like that positive reinforcement that keeps you going and helps to build habits. I can share too, this isn't plant-based, but I, um, I, I think you like wine and I enjoy wine too a lot. I like wine, but I was actually having, I recently, and I still like enjoy it. I, I enjoy the flavor occasionally. And I don't, you know, I don't like, we'll have, you know, a glass of wine at dinner sometimes or something, but I was having, I think the older I get it, you know, you, you, your body changes as you get older. I feel like every decade I had to like reassess what I'm putting in and like, what's, what's helping me thrive and what's not. But, um, just to relate to that experience, I, I was getting anxiety when I was drinking wine. It wasn't a lot. It was like maybe a glass or two and, but it was enough to disrupt my sleep and not and make me feel really kind of crappy in the morning just because of the lack of sleep and just because of what wine does to, you know, your neurotransmitters and stuff. And I, when I started giving up, I was like, I don't want to feel like restrictive. So I don't want to say I'm never, you know, I'm never having a glass of wine ever again, but, um, but just kind of, so moving with the mentality, like I started to notice how my anxiety lessened and I was using like tea in place of wine, like let me explore teas. And that's something that will maybe like foster my mental health better. And, um, and I still like enjoy a glass of wine here and there, but, but having that feeling like less anxiety is what helped me to like create that habit of not, you know, have it replacing that with like either water or tea. If, you know, we go out to dinner or something. And, and like I said, it's not like completely restrictive. So occasionally if I'm like, if I'm feeling like I want to taste a little bit, I will, but, um, just having that positive outcome is what like created that. Yes, habit. totally. And that's the same. Like I actually, I enjoy wine as well, but, um, I've realized too, um, that like, like we talked about, like if I, I also actually really have been doing more tequila because tequila over iced for me with some lime juice and jalapenos. Like I love a good margarita. I love a good, you know, I don't, I don't like simple syrups like in our mixers in my margaritas. I like, like, you know, from scratch. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love a good margarita, but I, my body just prefers the tequila over the wine. Cause I think that same, the wine kind of gave me more anxiety and, 
And that's the thing you like are guiding your, your choices by what feels good. And you think to yourself, well, what is, you know, is it worth the effect if I, you know, eat or don't eat this? And that's kind of the same with all this, you know, fiber stuff. Like, is it worth not including plants into my diet and feeling awful after? Yeah. Is it worth, you know, so that's kind of, I think the, um, the point of all of it, like, I think what you're saying that you got to think about what your body needs, what it wants, you know, how you feel and make those decisions. And sometimes you do make decisions that you make you feel like crap after. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. you just, that just kind of gives you the feedback of whether it's worth it next time. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said too. Like once you start incorporating more, plants onto your plate, you start to learn your body just starts craving them and your taste buds change. Like I think it's like every seven to 12 days. So like, even if like, say something like kale is super bitter to you, if you don't eat it often or at all, when you first taste it, it's going to be bitter. Like just go and expecting that it's probably going to taste most likely going to taste bitter to you. But if you give yourself a chance and just, um, add it to your plate for like a week, your taste buds are going to, that bitterness is going to minimize with each day. And by the end of those, that week, or by the end of two weeks, if you decide to do two weeks, that bitterness is going to start to fade and your taste buds are going to acquire a taste for it. Hopefully maybe not, not, maybe you're not like, you know, craving it like a piece of dark chocolate, but your body like recognizes it as something good for you. If it's making you feel good and you don't want those other foods as much that aren't serving you. So like you say, you know, it's not that you're taking them off the plate altogether. And you're not saying I can never have this again, but you're, you just naturally start to gravitate towards those foods that are serving your body that make you feel well. Like if you just, you know, try to make the commitment to start adding certain things to your plate that you think that are going to serve you well. And you'll start to, you'll notice that you're, you just start to naturally shift to making the decisions and you're, 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 mind totally. and body start to naturally gravitate towards those foods that make you thrive. I, I totally agree. So what happens um, if you don't get enough fiber? So what are some, if people are listening and they're like, gosh, I don't know if I get enough fiber, what are some other than constipation? Cause that's like the main obvious one. What are some other things that you might be feeling if you're not getting the fiber you need? Um, well, well, just to note, like it, the, the odds are not in all of our, like our favor. There's a you may have mentioned this on, on your podcast before, maybe we mentioned in our last podcast, but um, most of the population is not getting enough fiber and the, the fiber recommendations are based on um, heart disease and cholesterol. So like m- women are supposed to get a minimum of 25 grams a day. Um, and then men, the minimum recommendations are 38 grams a day. And this is based on fiber's role in the prevention of heart disease. So, and that, so, but I think we may see the guidelines change at some point in, in the future, but um, and based on all this research that's coming out around gut health, especially. Um, but yeah, I think an easy way, oh, I was just gonna back up for a second, you know, research shows or surveys that show that more than 95% of the population doesn't get the minimum amount. In fact, most people get like 12 to 15 grams of fiber a day. And if you're wondering what your fiber intake is, I usually 
um, recommend that people go to chronometer or my fitness pal, like one of those free apps. It's easy just to add what you eat in a day to see, maybe do like one day or three days. And just to see what your average is on a daily day, see where you're starting and, um, gradually increase. So if you're eating 10 grams a day right now, you don't want to bump up to 30 or 38 grams a day because you may experience some GI discomfort. So just a slow increase, um, which also helps with that, that, um, habit forming component as well. So just add like one plant a day or something that you're already eating. Um, so yeah, just check your fiber intake and some of the things that you may notice, um, other than constipation, your blood sugar swings, which could also affect moods. So fiber helps to manage blood sugar. Um, if you don't have a lot of fiber, you may notice, you know, for example, taking a meal that is white rice or white pasta without the fiber component, you know, the white rice or white pasta, it's been stripped of its fiber and all of its nutrients, um, you know, like B vitamins and things that are important that help with metabolism, digestion, again, mood, brain health. Um, and if they're stripped, they are going to be more likely to, to digest more quickly, which increases your blood sugar, which causes a surge in insulin. And then that insulin pulls the blood sugar that, you know, pulls that, um, blood sugar out of your bloodstream quickly. So it's kind of like a very high blood sugar followed by a very low blood sugar. And then you crave more food again. And it's probably going to be carbohydrate because your body wants more carbohydrate to bring your blood sugar back up to normal. Whereas if you have a meal that is like a whole grain pasta or whole, like a brown rice or a black rice, which are both are very high in fiber, um, you're going to get a more stable blood sugar. So you'll get like little spurts of sugar into the bloodstream over a longer period of time, which gives you more energy, which makes you feel less tired and which will stabilize your mood. It helps with also hunger hormones. So you won't be as hungry immediately after that can also affect subsequent meals. So, you know, if you have blood sugar swings and you're hungry and you, and, and you have sugars that are high glycemic and enter your bloodstream quickly, sugars, food that is high glycemic and enter your blood sugar, bloodstream quickly. Um, and you're on this like seesaw ride with your blood sugar, that next meal, you may be more likely to kind of grab anything you can again, cause you're going to feel hungry and those hunger hormones are kicking in and, and you're, you may not make the best choices. Um, but when you have fiber, fiber helps to keep you sustained longer. And it may also help with subsequent meals and making healthier choices that are more sound higher in fiber again. So you just kind of roll, ride this like stability and blood sugar. Um, I mean, the other thing is too, like weight gain and it goes into that same, what I was just discussing that same process, you know, it's easier to overeat fiber fills you up. So that full feeling, as I mentioned, um, previously, the soluble fiber retains a lot of gel and performs like a gel, like substance in your um, body retains a lot of water and, you know, soluble fiber and insoluble fiber can help to keep you feel, help you feel full longer. So again, same thing, you're making better food choices and, it also goes back to gut health. It's metabolized different. So, you know, your, your metabolism is more efficient when you have yeah. that fiber because you're creating that bacteria that helps your body run the way it should. Totally. And 
I mean, the blood sugar swings out, I mean, that is gonna, you know, that's gonna, that could create, you know, the mood swings or those craving of those carbs. Like you're not satisfied after you're eating your meals. You feel like you need more. Um, so, you know, and I also feel like, you know, things like, you know, with constipation, like the stomach pains, the headaches, like that kind yeah. of stuff that people might think like, oh, I'm coming down with something, but it's happening all the time. So it's like, well, you're not always coming down with something, you know, let's look at like with my kids, when my kids are crabby, um, I say this a lot, you know, when they're out of, out of sorts, you know, I look at them and I think to myself, okay, are they eating well? Are they sleeping well? Are they drinking their water? Are they, are they moving their body? And it's like, we forget when we don't, when we're off so often we go straight to, oh, I must have a cold. I should go to the doctor. And we forget to look at our basic needs. Mm, And it's such an important, I think like we make it more complicated than it is like, well, fine. If you go over your basic needs and you're doing all those and you still feel like something's up, that's when it's like more warranted to be like, okay, I probably have a cold, I, you know, but if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating, you know, it's also can be a cycle of, you know, something is wrong. It's causing those things, but we tend to forget those basics sometimes I feel like. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, if you can go through a checklist, like, am I, I know I'll do this for myself actually, because sometimes yeah. I work, sometimes I'm working and I just forget to drink water. I, I like tell people to oh, drink me too. all the time. And oh I'm my like, God, okay. me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. So bad. Like, I don't know why I'm so bad. I totally. Same. And you know it, but you just don't, it's like, you know, it, it's, but that's like the, what you're just describing, uh, you know, if I'm feeling tired, I'm like, initially like okay am I getting sick am I coming but then I'm like no have I have I had water today <laughs> you know going yes. on a checklist like have I drank water that's always the first thing it's kind of like a checklist like you said with the colds like am I eating well have am I hydrating am I moving am I sleeping well like just kind of like, the, like you said the basic needs am I getting enough breaks in between work and you know taking care of my mental health as well it's all so related and totally. you mentioned um sleep, I just wanted to like comment because you mentioned symptoms of not getting enough fiber and, and this is in line with the research, but I would say like, honestly, the first thing that I hear from people when we work together, when they start adding more plants to their plate is, is that their sleep is improved. That is the number one thing. Like I'll say, okay, wow. you know, how are you feeling? Or do you feel like, you know, and they say they feel lighter, but also, um, that their sleep is improved, which is always amazing. Cause I know like there's research showing that higher fiber diets can help with more sound sleep. Um, but you know, with research, there's always either, well, I mean, I think it's solid research, but there's always like, you know, to be continued with the research. Like it's never, this has been, there are very few things that yes. are like, pro- proven, but there's yes. really a, a lot of good research showing that fiber can help with sleep habits. And, um, but just to see it also kind of come to life in practice, like actual reality and in practice, it's really nice to know that as you add more plants to your plate, you may notice better sleeping habits. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, so last, before we sign off, why don't we give people some great examples of, um, foods that have fiber? I mean, we know it's all plant-based foods, but you know, if, they're going to the grocery store today. What are some things they can pick up to help increase their fiber? Um, I, I think I'll start with beans because I know I feel like it can be the nemesis for so many. And, you know, there are certain beans that 
um, maybe you tolerate and certain beans that you can't tolerate, start with the ones that you can tolerate. Like lentils, I feel like are less of a cohort. Like when I say tolerate, I mean like they're gas forming compounds. Um, I feel like that's the biggest complaint when people like the biggest issue, the challenge is like, how can I stop feeling gassy from eating beans? But they're so important. They're packed with fiber. They have phytonutrients. If you can swap like one meal, you know, if there's a meat-based meal, if you can swap one meat-based meal and add like a black bean burger or um, a chickpea salad in place of a chicken salad, like something once a week, beans really are pretty magical. And um, canned beans are fine. Like just drain them and, you know, can, you don't have to make them from scratch if you don't want to, if you don't have time. I personally actually like chickpeas do not agree with me, but if I, if I make them in my instant pot, they get softer than what's in a can. Canned chickpeas like make me super gassy, but, um, when I make them in the instant pot, they don't bother me at all. So sometimes just like, yeah, like if you play around with cooking and if you like soak them and cook them in water, you can add a piece of kombu seaweed to the cooking water that will help to decrease some of those gas compounds. So I'm just kind of giving those tips because I know like as soon as people start adding beans there, if you're not used to adding beans, it may cause some gas, but your body will get used to it. And I would say start small. So if you're not used to eating beans right now, start with like maybe a quarter of a cup or like half a bean patty or just something small see if you tolerate it and um, try like one bean at a time, like one type of bean. And if there's one particular type that you can tolerate, you know, you can tolerate, then go with that one. And then start diversifying after that, after you've done that for a couple of weeks. The other foods, of course, leafy greens are also pretty magical. They're, uh, they have fiber, but they also have so many phytonutrients. So there's, they actually can be, um, again, starting with what you know and love, it's a really great place to start. So if you have a sandwich every day, add some spinach to that sandwich. If you have soup, now it's not really the time for soup, but um, you know, during the winter and cooler months, if you're, if you enjoy a, a bowl of soup, stir some leafy greens into it. Um, of course, if you have smoothies, that's it. And I know you're a big fan of smoothies too, Sophia. That's such an easy way to add some leafy greens and maybe start with leafy greens that aren't so bitter, like the spinach or romaine, add a handful into the smoothies or make a smoothie bowl. And then as you get used to it, maybe you can switch it up a little bit and add some kale because, you know, some leafy greens do change the flavor a little bit, but as you get used to them, you won't notice that so much. Um, and then of course, like whole grains. So just to touch on whole grains, because I feel like carbohydrates get such a bad reputation and it's because of the carbohydrates I mentioned before, like the white rice, the white pasta, like those are the carbohydrates that are going to make, that are going to cause weight gain and are going to cause blood sugar swings and, um, a, you know, a myriad of other things. Um, the type of whole grains that are so good for you. And again, back to the gut health thing, their, their research shows that um, adding whole grains to your plate helps to diversify your gut bacteria. And research shows that like when people, cause there's so many diets out there that take whole food groups out of off their plate completely and carbohydrate rich foods are usually the ones that are first omitted for. I know, uh, oh. but yeah. And there have been studies looking at what happens when you remove whole grains from your plate and you stop feeding some of the healthiest bacteria in your gut. You basically starve them, but you can wake them back up. That's the good thing is that you can wake them back up and by adding some whole grains to your plate and it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be either the gluten-free 
um, grains that like pseudo grains like quinoa and buckwheat and amaranth and um, millet. They're wonderful and they're fun to play with. They can serve as like breakfast foods, like a porridge, or they could serve as like, um, I love to make like a big batch and just keep it and make a big grain bowl out of it with vegetables and some kind of bean or tofu. Um, or you can do, you know, if you can tolerate gluten, then of course you can do other whole grains like kamut or farro. I mean, there's a lot of grains that are fun to play with and they all come with their own set of nutrients, including a lot of fiber. So those, and then of course, just like fruits and vegetables, we know that like fruits and vegetables, chia seeds are packed with fiber. There's so much fun to add to oatmeal. You can make chia pudding, um, flax meal is great. So there, I try just like, number one, a couple of things like number one, try with like one or two plant-based foods a week, try experimenting a little bit. Don't, you don't have to do a complete overhaul, just whatever you're eating right now, choose a familiar plant-based food, one or two, add them to your plate. Number two, try to focus on colors. So, you know, look for, try to get like at least three colors on your plate. So if it's a sandwich, maybe you add tomato, spinach, and red onion to that sandwich. There's your three colors. If you eat oatmeal every morning, add blueberries, walnuts, tan counts as a color in this case. So blueberries, walnuts, and maybe some chia seeds that, can, that are black. Um, you know, that, and then just layering. So again, like taking what you're already eating and layering some of those high fiber foods into what you're eating. And then hopefully over time, you get used to these foods and you start to crave what naturally serves you. And then those foods will um, naturally push out any foods that aren't serving you. Totally. Um, amazing. I love it. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for just sharing all your fiber knowledge. And um, if you're listening and you're not pooping, you feel bad, time to increase your fiber. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. It's been so much fun with you today. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. And I appreciate all of you that are listening. Um, thank you so much for sticking with 99 episodes. If you love what you hear, um, I would so appreciate you doing a rate and review on my podcast. It helps me get amazing guests and helps my, um, just my podcast, you know, get better and better. Um, but thank you everybody. And I'll see you next time for our hundredth episode.